Hello, this is I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Bill William Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined this week, like all other weeks, by... Hello, everyone. I am Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Those honeyed, uh, those honeyed tones, everybody. Honeyed America. tones, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill in New York. I'm in San Francisco. And every week we talk about a topic that is hot among the kids. Kids being either young adults or actual children. And we try to make sense of it. And this week, uh, at the suggestion of a young fellow named Adam Wyland, my 15-year-old nephew. And this week, Bill, uh, well, you're going to do the intro. So why, why don't you tell us? What the foodie topic we're talking about is. Noah, it's impossible for me to talk about this Impossible to describe, yes. We are discussing infeasible burgers. No, wait, we are discussing unlikely burgers. No, (laughs) (laughs) we are talking about impossible burgers, everybody. All right, we're we're cutting that one out, okay. (laughs) Impossible burgers are a a disc shaped meat substitute uh, that was devised in a lab by a guy named Patrick Brown, who's a Stanford biochemist of all things. So your food is getting to you the way God intended through beakers and Erlenmeyer flasks. Uh, just, just the way, just the way the cavemen, uh, the way the cavemen made their burgers. In a yeah, sense, most, most people don't realize that Erlenmeyer was a Neanderthal, Mr. Erlenmeyer. Well, a lot of people oh, don't sorry. know that the paleo diet uh, usually consists of meat spun in a centrifuge. Uh, the way yes. again, the cavemen yes. used to do it back in the day. The way they'd make centrifuges out of out of rocks and uh, mammoth hair, <laughs> banana leaves. <laughs> they were like the, they were like the professor on Gilligan's Island. So Impossible Burgers, yes, in fact, are a meat substitute. Some of you might even know what they are because they just proliferated around the country only recently. They made a splash when they were getting uh, announced, but the rollout was kind of slow because these are completely 100% synthesized products. You can't just go out and slaughter an impossible cow. They're almost like making these things in, in, I assume, something like large cauldrons and tubs or some shit. But it's a patty designed to take the place of a beef hamburger in uh, the mind of, of your uh, average diner, your American diner. And that's a, that's a big, that's a big uh, uh, you know, it's a big remit from this company, don't you think? Let's be clear, it doesn't have to be a patty. They also uh, yeah, they, get ground Impossible Burger. Yeah, meat. I mean, right. And well, apparently they're working on Impossible Sausage. We're talking about the burger in this case. And again, there are a number of meat imitation burgers that are on the market, but we're talking about the Impossible branded one. This is the company. I guess it's a, it's a Northern California company. I assume. Yes, Redwood City. Redwood, Redwood City. City. So it was launched by Impossible Foods, that very company, in 2016. It was on the market in 2016. I think they sort of announced it in 2014. But there was that like two year scrutiny period from the FDA where they had to label it something like an actual food capable of being eaten. And it took them a little while because it was such an you know I think they were looking at it like what what is this like? So the company uh, said that its uh, scientists created a chemical library of proteins and fats. Right, derived. This is so appetizing to talk about, but I swear the burgers are better than this. <laughs> Proteins and fats, they were derived from plants, um, experimented with them as well as additional agreements. They were just trying to mimic the texture of meat, but all the various kinds of textures, not really, you know, we, we just sort of take a burger for, for granted because it behaves the way a burger does. But to recreate it is really interesting, I thought. So to, re- to replicate the fat in hamburgers that were like cow fat. They use coconut fat. What, what, whoa, hamburgers are made from cow? <laughs> oh, sure, Lisa. A wonderful, magical mystery animal. Magical mystery animal. 
So uh, it was mixed with, uh, at the time, ground textured wheat and, and potato protein. And the potato protein is the firm exterior that kind of like hangs together when you sear it. And as opposed to just falling apart like a blob, I guess. You know, coconut oil stays solid until it's heated and it, and it liquefies, it renders, similar to beef fat. When you spill it out like that, it makes sense. But, you know, fuck, I give this guy Patrick Brown a lot of credit because that, that's some like next level shit. I understand the guy's trying to be a, you know, billionaire. He, he wants to become a rapacious capitalist. But I, I think, you know, this is sort of an interesting way to go about doing it. You had the it, small quantities came out in California and New York. And I mean, they were really small quantities, like only David Chang's restaurant in New York and like one place in San Francisco had it. And it took a while for it to go large. It's just not available to consumers. You, I have been looking for these the whole time. To, just to go to the frozen food section of a grocery store, not available, and I assume it still has to do with quantity and that anything they can make goes right to, you know, commercial entities and uh, the end user yet. There's just not enough of them to sell yeah. in freezers. I read they're opening a plant in uh, Oakland to produce them more heavily. But I, I think, you know, they're getting very available. Like I first had one and saw one at Umami Burger that chain but now they're at white castles i believe they're at every white castle you yeah get an impossible slider yeah burger king yes is test marketing them in st louis and apparently yeah. uh, an impossible whopper and apparently they're doing very well and uh Kadoba is where you can get impossible tacos impossible bowls and all that you know i think there's one important thing you didn't hit at is we've had veggie burgers a very long time but like the idea of making as opposed to veggie burgers which are mainly aimed at vegetarians although i'm an exception i eat meat and i love it well, yeah I mean, yeah meat me too, I'm with you. Yeah, right. Sure. And I'd rather eat a tofu dog than a, a real hot dog. Uh, the idea here is to aim at meat eaters, which yeah. is why they don't just have to taste good. They have to really mimic the burger as much as possible. And perhaps their masterstroke is there's a there's a meat protein called heme, H-E-M-E. And it's generally found in the blood and the muscle of all animals. Uh, and it's what gives beef its kind of meaty almost bloody texture. And they basically figure out how to synthesize heme from yeast. They grow yeast in the lab and they synthesize heme from that. So the heme is kind of the the X factor that really takes the impossible patty, the impossible burger beyond the level of a veggie burger. And ironically, I say beyond because Impossible's biggest competitor is a company called Beyond Meat. I believe they're based in LA. I've never seen a Beyond Meat burger anywhere, but they have a deal with Del Taco and Carl's Jr., those fast food places. Uh, I haven't gone to try them because I don't want to get stabbed. Beyond Meat is available at the supermarket in frozen patties, and they went public a few months ago and uh, have seen a significant rise in the stock price since going public a few months ago. And they were founded by a guy named Ethan Brown. So apparently having the last name Brown is the way to work it in the- The fake meat department. Yeah, exactly. Fake meat department. And also these burgers, they're- not necessarily that much healthier for you than meat burgers, but they are definitely safer because they don't deal with antibiotics and all the other I think they've re- stuff. They've revised them to be healthier for sure. Yes, I, yes. I think the Gen 1. Yes. Impossible fact, 2.0 just came out. There was Impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. 1.0 and 6. Well, that's the thing. Like okay. the Gen 1 actually used wheat and Impossible 2.0, yes. they've even made gluten-free, which is insane. But I guess they've, they've been yes. tinkering with this. Like any kind of dot-com, it's just that, you know, that... That's a buy, you know, they're going to keep tinkering with this thing and coming up with a more, they lowered the sodium count. They've gotten rid of anything, you Mm -hmm. you glutens you could be um, allergic to. So I I assume we're going to see Impossible 3.0, et cetera, et cetera, so on. And it's certified kosher and halal. Where do you come down on this thing, Noah? How do you feel about the Impossible Burger? I've eaten two Impossible Burgers. And like many topics we talk about in the show, 
I have a dual opinion, which is do I personally like this thing and do am I glad it exists? You know, do I think it's good for us? First of all, in terms of good for us, I say holla fucking luya because I eat meat, but I don't feel good about it. If we have any shot of avoiding climate Armageddon, lowering meat consumption and meat production is a key element. So this seems like a good way to do it. You know, perhaps too little too late. This really seems like this is a smart move. In terms of whether I enjoyed it, uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. It definitely <laughs> felt... I mean, I like burgers a lot. It definitely... Although I also like veggie burgers a lot. So I had the Impossible Burger. It tasted more like a real burger than most veggie burgers I've had. It was not bad at all. It felt more like it, certainly. But neither of them really tasted like the best burger I've ever eaten in my life. I'm going to say it was pretty good, but the jury's still out. What about you, sir? You've consumed more than two. I have had many, many an impossible burger. You know, my wife is a vegetarian, but she still enjoys the burger as an idiom. And uh, she can't really what? eat the she meat. Grew, she grew up eating meat, though, right? I think, but she, I mean, it, was, yeah, yeah. it didn't last very long. I think it was her late teens, okay. early 20s. So, But I mean, I think that you, you want the portability, the sort of scalability, the adaptability of the burger form. We When we get into a place with a barbecue, if we're there, you know, we, we will make veggie burgers and stuff like that. This, yeah, this is a completely different ballgame. I'm not exactly sure it mimics meat. I mean, it doesn't mimic meat perfectly. I'm, I'm, I'm no, bad. not, no. You could, you could tell. You could totally tell. However, for what it, whatever it is, is actually great. I mean, it is not your regular ass Boca or Morning Glory burger, and I've, I've eaten plenty Mor- of those. Morning t- Star Farms. Morning Star Farms. Okay, yeah. And uh, we had access to Bear Burger uh, in our neighborhood, and that was one of the first places. Luckily enough, it was close by, and it was one of the first places to actually have them. And they would run out a lot because they only get they only don't, they would only get a few. And I think they would sell through out of the novelty. So we, uh, we, you know, we went in on getting bread burgers a lot. And I think they actually, again, they, they were, you know, in terms of a guy like me who I love beef burgers, absolutely love them. I'm a freak for beef burgers, but I try to avoid red meat as much as I can. I really keep it to a special occasion kind of thing. So this is like a nice split solution between getting to eat a burger, but not getting to eat red meat. I co-sign this all the way, especially with the variants. I've been to Umami Burger. I've had theirs, uh, Bear Burgers. I've, even one of the local diners down here was is has them. One of the simplest, you know, most pleasurable American foodstuffs is a potato roll with a burger of some sort, iceberg lettuce, slice of tomato, blob of ketchup, some cheese of some sort. And this almost feels like it, it unlocks the door to be able to have that kind of thing as often yeah. as I might want. So that, yeah. you know, I mean, and again, my, my, my wife loves them too. It's like she can get right on board. The only thing that's a bummer about this is we can't actually buy them. See, that that is not a consideration for me because I hate cooking. I'm like, who gives a shit? Go to the fucking restaurant. You know, you mentioned your, your uh, nephew brought this up and it's like, I feel like an idiot because we've been on board with this thing for like a year and a half or so. And yeah, for you, really should, you really should feel like an idiot. It just didn't click. This is one of those stupidly obvious, right on the tip of my nose type things that perfectly uh, falls under the aegis of an I don't get a topic because it's something I do get. And I, it was just so obvious and broad that I just didn't even think of it as a topic. But it is, I think, it's the perfect fodder for the show. And, you know, I like when food stuff works out for us, unlike you know, the, the sort of dirt ice cream uh, acai bowls or, or fucking poke or some stupid bullshit like that. This is something some I... Some stupid bullshit like that. Yeah, I can co-sign something like this pretty heartily. I'm all on board with it. The, so uh, you bring up poke and, you know, when we did the poke episode, you were just shitting all over, like, you know, overfishing and that's going to kill us all. Again, maybe too little too late, but this is such a nice corrective to the 
way human beings and food production is just like destroying the earth and we're killing ourselves with this shit. And this seems like an interesting corrective to that. I mean, yeah. am I being ridiculous or is that no, part I of mean, what you like about I mean, it? again, the nice thing is you have somebody applying standard Silicon Valley thought of disrupting the burger space, which is yeah. tedious to say something like that. But Yeah, um, we're yeah. disruptive, man. But unlike your typical veggie burger, this is bloody and red and it cooks and tastes like an actual beef patty. And several U.S. chefs have already put it on their menus. But the big difference between this and a veggie burger? Scientists made it using neuroscience. Why do you think this is popular? Why now? Why why is the impossible thing catching on? I, it's a good Venn diagram of a lot of things. Or I say good in terms of like, I think easily understandable things that overlap with one another. You know, it's gluten-free. Right. right now it's gluten-free at least. It's meat-free. It's trendy, which I definitely saw in New York City. It was hard to get a hold of because these sold out pretty quickly. So it was a bit of a sensation. You know, there, there's been a couple of foodstuffs that have come through the market that wind up being pretty hot. And you have to stand online for a cronut or some bullshit. This wasn't yeah, quite God, a that cronut. Was, that that was the dumbest thing it was in the dumb. world. That was it dumb. was a fucking donut. It was a donut. Like, you like donuts? Good. It was a good donut. But people like, were waiting like, two hours for a fucking donut. Yeah, the, the, the cupcake. People wait 45 minutes at Magnolia Bakery for a cupcake. And it's like, this is none of those things, but it still has that sense of heat on it. There's a little bit of trend to it. You know, like you mentioned, it is environmentally more conscious than the factory farm beef that you would get. I mean, most of your beef, I think there's a lot of New York restaurants that take great pain out of saying that their beef comes from better sources. It's not necessarily gigantic ranches in Brazil or Mexico, wherever they're doing the worst versions of it. But nonetheless, this is just plant protein. So it has a lot of conscious trends at once. You know, and, and the other thing I could say, why is it popular? I think it tastes pretty good. And I think there's a thumbs up consensus from people. It, you know, you can say all those things and if, if, if it didn't taste good, it, would be, it wouldn't be a go it would just be doa so i assume that people are voting with their fucking face holes and they're actually buying these things because they enjoy <laughs> the way they taste uh, and again maybe this is optimistic but i think our society has turned the corner on the climate crisis it might be too little too late but i think it has finally become clear uh, i mean all the things you said are true it, they taste pretty good they've done a good job at mimicking the meat they're asking very little sacrifice from people who love meat. a lot of veggie burgers ask a lot of sacrifice americans are fucking lazy we don't want to make any sacrifice so i think we've turned a corner where people realize this isn't no this isn't a joke we got to do something about this so if you give them a way to make close to zero sacrifice in the benefit of the environment, then they are not only okay with it in a way they weren't before, but they are enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going on. And I think a lot of people are patting themselves on the back for eating these fucking things. Americans are lazy. They love to stand up for what's right if it's the easiest thing. In if the they world. get to sit down while doing it, yeah. Right. Right. It's like it's like a couple of years ago when people first got mad at Chick-fil-A for being run by, you know, gay bashers. All these Christians like, yeah, we support our principles. So we're going to go eat a fucking piece of shit chicken sandwich. Yeah, you're a real you're a real tough guy. You, <laughs> you, you support your principles by eating fast food chicken. You're okay. a real hero. Christian, but but Christian this is martyrs. right. But this is sort of what's happening here. They're like, hey, you know, do the right thing for the environment by eating something that is at worst okay tasting and that you know asks for very little adjustment in your preferences or your behavior and good on the impossible people like if we're going to get out of this mess this is how we're going to do it or we're going to reconfigure 
the lives people are used to to make those lives, you know, better for the environment. It's going to be very hard to do it while asking for massive sacrifice. If only the Impossible Burger had come out 30 years ago, we'd probably all be in a lot better shape now. And I don't think it's crazy to think that if this had happened 30 years ago, people would be eating impossible type stuff, beyond meat type stuff, more than they'd be eating real beef. I actually think that's conceivable. When you're cooking a piece of meat, what happens is the protein that's carrying the heme, myoglobin and muscle, opens up, the heme comes out, and catalyzes a bunch of reactions that create the volatile compounds that really give that smell, that flavor, that makes meat so compelling. Your traditional veggie burger can't get the taste anywhere near right, because they ain't got that heme. Noah, would you have liked the Impossible Burger if you were a kid? Sure, why not? I mean, I was never a snob for food. That is true. So this would have been this would have been close enough to a burger that yeah, why not? I mean, I don't know if I would have cared as much about the environmental thing or the health thing or anything. I, certainly, if my parents had shoved it in my face, up, I can't say I would have said no to it. What right. about you? Well, if it was, if we're talking about a scurry household of the 1980s. There's no way these burgers would have gotten anywhere near me because my mother was why? Just, because my food was my mother was such a food agnostic. She only liked three or four things and liked she liked them the way she cooked them. And uh, there was not a lot of variety. There was no spice. There was nothing like that. This would have seemed like um, soylent green to her. I could see maybe just being a little uh, skeptical over what is this thing. There's certainly nothing wrong with the flavor. I think. This thing holds its own against uh, uh, the best of my beef burgers along the way. But you say, uh, oh, my mom never would have bring it to the home. But you also say, like, I mean, not beyond me, but at least Impossible Burgers, you can't get at home. So here's the scenario. Mom drags you out to freaking, you know, Umami Burger or White Castle and the Impossible Burgers on the menu. Would that have interested you? Let's say you're 11, or would your mom have steered you away from it? Yeah, well, like she, she probably would have steered me away from it, or at least the idea that that's Why? not... Why? That's because again, it's a foreign concept that so she. So even at restaurant, even at restaurants, she wouldn't let you eat stuff that was unfamiliar. It's not that she wouldn't let me eat it. It's just that she, you get a very strong cue from the adults around you about what is what is and what is not acceptable. Like you don't have to tell a kid you can't have that. But I think that the way your parents, at least the way my parents looked at things, it was it was a signal as if to say that's not something that you would like. And I, you know, if I'm 10 years old, I trust it. What am I, what am I going to say? No, hang on a second. I want to try lobster fra diavolo. I think you're wrong about this, mom. That shit's th- good, man. I think that I just uh, would not have had the uh, plum to, to, over, to override the uh, cultural cue coming from my parents over this being uh, the type of food that is sort of acceptable, or at least the idea that I was going to like it or not like it. So I'm going to go ahead and try this one. This is the one with cheese. Guys, this is really good. This is, oh my God, this is so, probably one of the best veggie burgers. We kind of hinted at this, but is the rise of Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat, plant-based meat substitutes that are meatier and more meat-eater friendly than soy patties and tempeh. (laughs) <laughs> and Satan and all of that. Another bad name for a fake meat yeah. product, Satan. It's a little That's weird. Terrible. Is the rise of all these things a sign of the apocalypse? No, I mean, the apocalypse, as we know, we've, we've come to grips now. The apocalypse <laughs> is upon us already. Yes, uh, it is. 
It's not coming from the from the fake meat that we eat. No, I mean, this is supposed to be a corrective, a countermeasure. If anything you can do to, to stop deforesting, anything you can do to sort of cut down on animal uh, cruelty, which, you know, factory farming is synonymous with that. The big thing that they, they do mention that this, this guy uh, Brown, Patrick Brown, wants to highlight is how much water, fresh water, gets guzzled up by factory farming and by cattle. You know, I mean, especially when that's becoming a rarer and rarer commodity just for humans, and they're, they're dedicating so much of it to, to agriculture and things like that. They keep telling us that the way, you know, what we need to do as citizens of the modern world is to go back to some sort of vegetarian diet. And that would be the most uh, sensible for preserving life on Earth in some form that we remember, we recognize. And um, I mean, this guy is just one guy making a company, but again, disrupting the whole idea of meat. It's not just that he wanted to come up with, he's not, a, he's not a chef who wanted to make some dish that bowled you over. He was really looking to rewrite an industry. I agree with you and everything. I just, I keep using the phrase too little, too late, and that's always my fear, you know. One of the things that gets me out of bed in the morning is you read the good the good third of the news out there, and people are finally coming to grips with some important stuff, and I'm happy about that. And I think a lot of politicians are finally standing up for stuff they should have been standing up for a long time. My fear is too little, too late, right? I look at so many of the Democrats running for president and they're saying great stuff. They're saying stuff I love. They're saying stuff a Democrat wouldn't say. Even 10, you know, even Obama wouldn't say. And certainly fucking Michael Dukakis wouldn't say. Will it make a dent? I don't know. It's only a sign of the apocalypse to the extent that, wow, things must be getting really bad if we're even giving up hamburgers. You know? Yeah, that's a good so point. So y- you could torture the logic a little. But again, like we're giving up. It's not like they're banning hamburgers. It's like it's like giving up hamburgers in the easiest, most low sacrifice way humanly possible. This is what bullshit politicians promise us. Everything's going to be cheap. Everything's going to be better and easier and cheaper and faster. Like who believes that? So this is a brand new ingredient in the food supply. While the company isn't required by law to report its use of a new ingredient to the FDA, it did so voluntarily with soy leg hemoglobin. But the FDA determined that Impossible Foods had not yet presented sufficient evidence for the agency to recognize it as safe. However, that is not to say the FDA determined that leg hemoglobin is unsafe. Noah, is there some aspect of resentment or jealousy that comes from the Impossible Burger? Here's a bit of a new one. I'm I'm mad that... uh... It wasn't around 20 years ago because I've always, as much as I eat meat, I've always felt a little guilty about it. I know meat is wrong, but I eat it because that's what I was raised eating and I'm lazy. I'm always kind of mad that there weren't more options like this when I was a kid. You know, when I would go to places like Veg City, I'm like, damn it, if this had been around when I was a kid, I could see myself embracing vegetarianism when, you know, my habits were still being formed. I guess I'm jealous of kids now that they have this luxury they have this option that was largely closed off to me as a child and a young man. Uh, but I'm not jealous of Patrick Brown or whoever or the people creating this stuff. I'm jealous of people who have white castles near them because I really want to eat an impossible slider. Uh, so you tell me. Are you jealous at all while I no, look up the, close, no. the closest white castle to me? Go ahead. This is an N.A. There's no way uh, There's no way this winds up being something I'm resentful for. I mean, I do keep bringing up the idea that this guy has probably already gotten rich off of it or is looking to become some kind of um, you know fake burger billionaire. Can I get upset at the guy for doing that i don't know he's he's his aims are both laudable but they're also very commercial but i mean everything but but that's america that's business uh, it is it is i mean and also i'm benefiting from this because i'm getting this burger this food stuff i'm enjoying um so no i don't i don't think that this uh this doesn't really do anything it's an na it doesn't tick off that box for me so I'm, i'm willing to give this guy a pass Noah. just this one time though 
Noah, if you uh, could play this somewhere on the Felonian scale, on, on, from from Jimmy Fallon at the very bottom uh-huh. to uh, the heights of our of our topics on this show, where do you think that this would fall on the spectrum of the Felonian scale? This is this is very high up. You know, I hesitate to compare it to you know the usual topics, the artsy topics that I loved: Key and Peele, Black Mirror, uh, American Vandal. Certainly, because I think it's striking. A, a actual beneficial blow for the you know fighting the environmental crisis, and they do a pretty good job of it, and it doesn't taste bad at all. Uh, I put this pretty damn high up, definitely top top five percentile, well above her Fallon for sure. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. I this is definitely like the death note of foods. <laughs> um, there, there is something very likable. Wow, that that works on several levels, Mike. Because I'm looking through the list of topics and I'm trying to figure out, like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm looking at some. You know, the foods themselves have been limited because I think we've been really lukewarm on the kind of things that we've looked at for food, so it doesn't really count. I'm looking like, okay, cross topically, there's some stuff that I liked, like Steven Universe, but would never watch again. But I recognize that it's good. That's like that doesn't apply to this. I think that, yeah, something that I, I both liked and would go back for again and would repeat, that this is sort of like the key and peel of digestible objects. So, uh, yeah, I could I definitely, <laughs> the key I definitely and give it a high rating. of digestible objects. That's a good one. Hey, you know, I, I eat a lot of Play-Doh and uh, foreign objects are in my house, crayons, things like that. So that's, that's saying quite a bit coming from me. All right, so uh, that's it. Uh, so yes, that is it, in fact. Um, if you'd like to find past episodes of this show, look on iTunes. Although I guess that's going to change because I just, they just announced yeah, that. Yeah, what, what is that? So am I going to have to transfer my music to something new? Like, uh, I, I mean, it's going to do, do, its, it's, do its own thing, but apparently they're just they're separating um, the, the media from each other to make three different apps. I don't know why that seems to be a thing for them because I enjoy all my media being in one place, but hey, fuck me, right? What, what, do, I, what do I need? But no, you're not going to have to work at it. But either way, I, I believe it's just going to be called Podcast now, Apple Podcasts. So that's what right. we're going to do. Let's all call it that. Let's just fucking do that now. Uh, look on that thing, whatever that is. Look on SoundCloud, of course, Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us at Noah and Bill Don't Get It. And uh, give us a, a give us a fucking review. Tell us that you like us as much as fake burgers. Not just not just a review, a fucking review. You can find me on Twitter and my massive, massive fan base, my following, my influential following, at William Scurry. And I'm always there. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash AMCaesar. You'll find my video output. And I am just beginning to publish my uh, American Caesar Salad video essay series. Uh, movie analysis, 10 episodes deep. So far, I've got three episodes out. One is about The Abyss. One's about Steven Spielberg. And one is about... Um, Oh, Jesus, I'm forgetting what it is already. These are all a big jumble in my head. Either way, go to YouTube and you'll find them all there. I'm very proud of them. And Noah Tarno will tell you where to find him. Uh, I run the Big Quiz Thing, America's premier company for corporate and private trivia events nationwide. BigQuizThing.com. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Big Quiz Thing. And I personally am on Twitter just complaining about things that are worth complaining about. At Noah Tarno. Rock and roll. Yeah, like the Big Quiz Thing's logo go. The, mo- the motto is, the Big Quiz Thing is by your side. And you invented that. What? That's, that's your motto? That's your motto. Yeah, there's a little jingle. It's on your side. Oh, sorry, no, it's, it's on nationwide. your side. Oh, I, dude, that didn't work. That's didn't okay. Work. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all right with it. All right. We will talk to these people next week. Oh, keep suggesting topics, you know. Fucking yeah, Adam they- Weiland can't do it all, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. You guys want some of the fat podcast money we're getting? Just yeah, keep suggesting po- topics. We'll, for- we'll, we'll give you. We'll give you a taste. Give you the money we wait, pull you're wet your beak, all right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Enjoy, your, enjoy your fake burgers until next time, America. All we'll right. talk to you then. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.